If you don't know who I am, Charlie Sweet, my wife Sharon over here, uh, we are from um, the hot and humid state of Florida. <laughs> you should know we are freezing right now, 57 degrees is like zero degrees for us. <laughs> But God is so good, and he's got so much for us because we're a blessed people. Amen? Glory to God. Are you ready to hear what God's got to say about who you are and what he's got for you? I don't know about you, but I am. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready. This is our eighth trip to the West Coast since January. Actually, the seventh trip to the state of Washington. So God is doing something, we believe, great and mighty. Because God's not done with us. I believe it is a new beginning. And I believe that we're going to see some awesome things taking place. I want to just exhort you this morning, prophetically... The Lord gave me about 80% of this last night when we got, or yesterday, when we got back to the room, and I quickly typed it up as fast as I could. But I want you to declare something right now. I want you to say this. I am blessed. Let's say it. I am blessed. Now we're going to say it again, but I'm going to add something. I am blessed of the Lord. Come on now. I want to read you a scripture. Hallelujah. See, God made a promise to Abraham, and we're Abraham's heirs, and it's our promise too, and it's our seed. In Genesis, I'm going to take you to the book of beginnings, 12, 2 and 3, and I apologize that I don't have anything to project because I can't because normally the Lord doesn't give me the word until I'm there. So I, I apologize to you. If you have your Bibles, you've got to follow the old-fashioned way. If you've got your phones, follow the technology way. It says, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will place a curse on those who harm you. Wow. All families of the earth will be blessed through you. Wow. I want you to know that God's word will not return to us void when we cast it upon the water. God's word never passes away. It is true and it is amen. And he is in the process of making this church into a great family. Teach your children the importance of being in church and following Jesus. It's so important. It is so important. We need to constantly be aware of the generations that we are helping to bring into the things of God. That word blessed means to be Vital. It means to have longevity. It means to be healthy. And most importantly, it means to have the favor of God upon your life. 
God wants, listen, I am so tired of hearing people say God's forgotten about me. It is impossible for him to forget about you. The Bible says that our names are inscribed in the palm of his hands. God wants to bless you in every area of your life. And I believe we've been robbed too long. We allow too many things to come in and rob us of our joy, our happiness, and the things that God has for us. So when the Bible says in Genesis here, when it says in verse 2, I will bless you, my words are, I'm going to take back everything the enemy has stolen from me. God, it's time that you restore everything that was stolen from me. You've got to get that in your heart. What has been stolen from you? Have you lost children? Have they gone to the world? Have you lost finances? Have you lost a job? What has gone on in your life that has been stolen from you? It's time to call it back. And when we seek ye first the kingdom of God for our lives, then he who believes in me from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Man, we are not just anybody's. We've got living water flowing us. We have the blood of the lamb flowing in us. We have the ability to lay hands upon the sick and believe for their healing. We have the ability to lead people to Jesus Christ. We, we have the ability to stamp their ticket that they get a ride home to eternity. We got to take a look in the mirror sometimes and look at who God has made us. We've got to come boldly to the throne of grace and we've got to be courageous and believe that he's called you to be who you are. I want to encourage you today. What has God done for you? You know, sometimes I take an inventory of myself and I say, man, I need to, you know, especially, I'm just going to be honest with you, I have down moments. Everybody has them. And when I'm in those down moments, I have to say, Lord, let me just kind of go through what you've done for me. Wow, our kids are healthy. Our grandchildren are healthy. They're serving the Lord. Sharon and I are, are healthy. We're traveling. We're ministering. We're, we're doing what God has called us to do. God has called this church City Harvest Church, to have a concern for souls. He's called this church not only to have a concern for souls, but fresh-born, new, baby Christians. I don't have a problem with Christian retreads, you know, where you got to bring them back in and retread them. And, and I'm talking brand-new, never-churched people. And I know you know these people. I know you do. And God is saying, this church is going to house them. This church is going to be the place. Because why? God's building community right here at City Harvest Church. God is challenging each and every one of you to the next level. He's inviting you. He's saying, will you step up to the next level? Why? Because everybody needs encouragement. 
If you're saved and you're born again and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know that you need encouragement. So just imagine what people are like that don't know the Lord. That word encouragement means to give courage. It's oxygen to your soul. Man, I love it when a friend calls me up and they say, Charlie, I, the Lord spoke to me and they just start downloading to me or they send me a text. I feel like I put on one of those oxygen masks and I'm like, whoa, man, I feel, I feel so good. Wow. People are waiting for you and I to echo God's voice over their life. Jesus is worthy of our best. Not our second best, not our third, not even our leftovers. So why don't we bring him our best to those who are hurting? We're called to bring a radical transition wherever we go. Man, I'm telling you, you've got to get this into your spirit. You are radical. When, I, when we pulled up and Pastor Pete was dropping us off, there was a banner over the front door and said, this is a radical church. So if you're a radical church, you must be noisy. If you're a radical church, <laughs> the word impossible doesn't belong or is part of your vocabulary. Why? I'm telling you, there is a generational call upon this church for generations. And the Lord is saying, will you be so desperate for my face? When I'm looking for you, will you say, here I am? And will you walk with the Lord to go look for the lost? Can I tell you the lost aren't in here? They may show up. But the lost is outside these four doors. Men and women, children who are discouraged. God is saying, I've called you to be the ushers and the greeters at City Harvest Church that will go out and tell people, come walk with me. Because, you know, it's funny, you know, I'm sure you've heard everybody say, your name is Harvest and blah, 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 blah. I have to tell you, it's harvest time. Never, ever. I am 67 years old. I have been saved for almost 39 years, and I have never seen a more perfect time to see a harvest come into the kingdom of God. Wow. We got to dig the foundation deeper in our souls. Because God's got more for us. He wants us to be seed planters. Well, what's that mean? Plant seed in people's heart. Maybe they don't want to hear what you've got to say, but plant the seed anyway, because you never know when it's going to grow. Our brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother and his wife, they stayed on us for years. They would come to our house, and we would see them coming, and I would tell our kids, don't say anything shut up and we would lock the doors and close the blinds because the Jesus freaks were coming again to give us that message right Sharon for two years oh my god it was like oh man I, I can't do anymore I, I can't and finally I said to him I can't listen to this anymore so one day they show up and they never mentioned Jesus church Nothing. 
And when they left, Sharon and I looked at each other and the same words came out of our mouth. Oh my God, we're going to hell. They gave up on us. <laughs> True. Do you understand there are young people all around you crying out for something better? The Holy Spirit says to you, won't you come with me? I'll take you by the hand. And how about we bring them home? How about we reach out for the lost? How about we call in the wayward souls? How about we break up the fallow ground? This is your harvest time. It really is. And I'm talking to pastors all from East Coast to West Coast. And they said, Charlie, we've got people coming into our church. Even up in Canada, I'm talking to them up there. And they're saying there's people coming into church. And they're coming in as families. And we don't even have to talk to them about the Lord. They're saying, hey, can we get put under the water? We heard about being put under the water. We want to be put under the water because we want to be somebody different. They're coming in with a little bit mixed up theology. But they're hungry. And then you go to find out, I talk to the, these pastors and they say, couldn't believe it. One of our teenagers talked to this couple and they came to church. We've got to grab on to our younger generation because they are also vessels in the house of the Lord. And the Lord will walk with them and he will go with them. It's all hands on deck, folks. It's all hands on deck. And that other part of the scripture, verse 2 says, and I will make your name famous. He's given you and I influence. You may not think about it, but you have influence wherever you go and whoever you touch. City Harvest is going to be known as a house of not only leaders, but a place where people can come and be restored and refreshed and be made anew. A church where disciples are going to be made. A church where young people are going to step up. But I want to exhort you this morning. The Lord gave me, and I heard this so clearly, you got to show up. You got to show up for practice. You don't learn how to play the game when you're in the game. You don't want to be on a football team and not know how to avoid getting tackled. I don't want to learn it on the spot. I want to practice because practice is critical. Psalm 8410, I love this psalm. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of, the, of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. The manifest presence of God is in the gathering. This is a gathering. This is a family. This is a community. Now, Pastor Pete, don't get upset with me. I don't have anything against blogs, but you can't get in the blog what you can get here in the gathering. we got to show up. We've got to be here. 
One encounter, just one encounter with Jesus is in a, ga- in a gathering like this, everything changes. Everything. I'll never forget, we were in um, Pastor J.O.'s church, I believe it was in February, February, I believe. <laughs> and we were doing the sound. And the Lord, the Lord speaks to me and he says, do an altar call. And I go, altar call? Place is packed. You know, there's people in overflow. You know, what are we going to do? He goes, no, there's one person here today that really needs God. So I do the altar call. Hands were going up all over the place. And the Lord says, do it again. I go, again? He goes, yeah, do it again. I do the altar call again because the altar call was for a refreshing of your soul to come out of the fog that we've been in for the past two years and wake up and re-engage into the things of God. So then I said, okay, come on up front to the altar. My poor wife almost got trampled. Three to 400 people stormed the altar. It was, you know, you're not supposed to be surprised when things like this happen, but I was surprised. And Pastor J.O.'s son came up to me and he goes, Pastor, I know some of these people. I'm in shock. I go, just go back and play. You're not supposed to be in shock. (laughs) Just be like you're expecting this. And then the Lord goes to me, see the baptismal tank over there? Because they always got it fired up. They got this big lit up cross over it, you know. Lord says, tell these people if part of their... um, part of their wanting to rededicate themselves and come out of the brain fog and and re-engage, then they can get water baptized. I go, that's not scriptural, Lord. I'm having this conversation with God, telling him that's not scriptural. (laughs) And God goes to me, no, no, believe me, it's a sign. So I said, okay. You know, and they have towels, they have clothes that people can change into and everything. So I said, anybody that wants to get rebaptized is a sign of you re-engaging in the things of the Lord. Run over there, they're ready for you. All of a sudden I see this mass of people running to the baptismal tank. It is 25 degrees outside. One of the pastors comes up to me and he goes, we've run out of clothes and towels. We are baptizing people in their jeans and in their clothes. And when they got to the last person, I felt sorry for this guy. They had to hold him way down at the bottom of the tank to get his head under the water because the clothes soaked up all the water. You don't get that if you're not in the gathering. You can't get that outside of the gathering. Things you hear, things you see in the gathering, you will not hear in other places. When you're in the gatherings, you build strength and endurance for one another and for yourself. Folks, I got got some news for you. We're not in a sprint. We're not in a marathon. We're in a mutter. Know what a mutter is? You get real dirty. We're in a mutter. That's the race we're in. And I'm happy for it. I want to be in a mutter. We need everything. God, we need to be everything God has created us to be, nothing less. we got to be trained up in the Word of God. The Bible's not a rule book. It's a source of life, and it's a source of freedom. And I want you to know something else. We need endurance training. Believe me, we need endurance training. Because when you're in the pressure of the game, you, you can't wimp out. Sharon and I, we're in it until that whistle blows. 
And I want you to know something else. And please hear my heart on this. I'm going to say it as nicely as I can. You are part of a team. You are part of a family. You are part of a community. And one of the, if one of the team members drops the ball, don't say, that's it, I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. No, you support that person. That's what the team is all about. You don't walk away. You walk even in more. We've got to run the race that God has called us to. Now, I'm going to read the scripture to you, and I'm going to start to just give you the prophetic word, and we're going to pray for some people. John 10.10 says this, A thief only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come, the word of God says, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. God wants us overflowing. See, Satan wants to pull you away. He wants to uproot you so that we can't be solidly planted in the church. Can I tell you this morning? Stay planted in the house of God. Please don't be a potted Christian. What's a potted Christian? A potted Christian is, you ever see plants? You guys, I'm, I'm so happy you don't have any plants up here. But potted plants. If you're potted, your roots can't go down deep in the house of the Lord. You are planted by the mighty river like the mighty cedar trees of Lebanon that live over 2,000 years, that still produce fruit into, when they're 2,000 years old. And it says that their roots wrap around rocks so they can withstand any storms that come. Let your roots wrap around the rock, Jesus Christ. And don't be uprooted and pulled out of the church, but let your roots go deeper. Psalm 92, 12 explains this. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Wow! It's a place. This church, this church is a place where the hurt and the wounded will be cared for and they're going to be healed. This church, (laughs) wherever you go, people are going to look at you and they're going to say there's something different about those people. Well, they're part of that church. They're part of that that City Harvest Church. You bet we are. And they're going to know that there's something different in you and you're going to pour your hearts and your lives into them because you are blessed. You are part of that church, this church. People will know that this is a house where the church, where the truth is preached and lived. Wow. Wow. The truth is necessary for the growth of the church. You must speak the truth at all times in understanding at all times. Wow. Now here's what the Lord started to show me this morning. I saw adults, I saw young people coming from all over the country to be trained here. I don't know what you all are doing here, but something's going on. 
or something's in the works where young people are going to be trained in, in how to reach communities and how to build communities and, and trained in music and, and trained in worship and trained in leadership. Because the generation, there is a call on this house for a generation to rise up and do what hasn't been done in the past. Put the past behind you. My, my good friend always tells me, Charlie, when you put the past behind you and you look in your rearview mirror, it keeps getting further and further away from you to a point where you don't see it anymore. It's so true. But I want to tell you something. It's not going to be evangelism as usual in this church. It's going to be the way you live your life because the way you live your life, people will see how you're living and then they're going to start doing what they would not normally do. This is how we get an uncommon response from people. I've had, I I remember one guy when I was in business, you know, he saw my Bible on my desk. I never preached to him. I never teach, you know, I never put him down. I, I never told him he had to come to church. And one day he goes, can I have coffee with you? And I said, sure. And we sat down and had coffee. He goes, for God's sakes, when are you going to ask me if I want to get saved? I go, well, Dane, why are you asking me that? He goes, because I want what you got. I see it in you. I go, well, glad you asked. You ready? Now I want to say something else. God is taking the comfort zone out of this church. God wants you to stay radical, and he wants you to stay free. Remember, your potential will determine your opportunity. This church is full of potential. The warfare in your life, warfare, if you don't know what warfare is, call Pastor Peter, call an elder. Maybe you can Google it. Maybe Google knows what it is. But I'm telling you, warfare in your life will determine the next season of blessing in your life. What does it mean to do warfare? When Sharon and I are in a rough season, we just get on our knees, we blast the music. Thank God we've got 17-inch concrete walls in our condo because we blast the music and we pray and we listen to the music and, and we sing along and we do warfare and we tell the enemy, you can't do what you think you're going to do to us. That's what's called warfare. And when you do warfare, God honors that. And I want you to know something else. When you've exhausted everything at every level that you're at, then you're ready to move on to the next level. Some people don't like hearing that. But God's got such a powerful call on the men and the women in this house and the children of this house. Keep a takeover mentality and reap the fruit of the Lord. We are called to take over. God has put a David inside of each and every one of you. And he's calling it out. He wants you to be giant killers. See, what we tolerate will be tolerated. David, 
He didn't tolerate Goliath. He didn't tolerate what was going on there. He went out there and said, man, I'm going to kill you, and then I'm going to cut off your head, and I'm going to feed your body to the animals. We've got to let that warrior spirit rise up inside of us. Come on now. A blessing is a life favored by God, and you are favored by God. He loves you, and no matter what you have done, ask the Lord to forgive you. He will forgive you, and for God's sakes, pick up your tools of warfare. Pick up your sword. Pick up your word. Pick up, get activated. You know, I, I, I found out yesterday, you know, your community groups are home groups, what we used to call home groups. Man, I'm telling you, I'm here, and he didn't tell me to say this. I'm just going to say it. Man, if you've got a home, and you got some time, and you can say, well, we're busy. Listen, we're all busy. But what is important to you? Our soul's not important to you. Uh, how can, I can't, I can't, it's hard to live somewhere where you know the people around you are hell destined because we're not getting the word to them. If you can open up your home, you say, well, I'm not qualified. Yes, you are. You born again? You full of the spirit? They'll help you. Open up your home. Let other people from the church come because they have needs too and help them. See, there's favor coming on this church, but favor is a way of thinking. We've got to think, I am blessed of the Lord. I'm going to do everything I can to see people come to know you. Man, we had, we had, um, we had these groups in our home. We watched people get healed. We watched marriages get healed. We watched children give their life to the Lord in a home. We watched people get saved in a home before they even made it to church. Wow. See, we can't let our circumstances, and you might get upset with me. That's okay because we're leaving tomorrow, okay? But you can't let your circumstances stop you from the call that God has put upon your life. Because you'll miss out on the favor of God. I'm, I'm just going to say it. Remember, the word of God says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, and what we say to people and how we say it is so important. And here's what the Lord finally gave me this morning as, as I was... Um, putting the finishing touches here, he says, tell them that if they lost their job, they're going to get a better job. Tell them that if they don't like their job, God's going to promote them into a better job. He said, tell them that I'm with them. Tell them that the next 12 months in the life of this church are very critical as to what is going to happen. And you can sit there and say, well, I don't like what Pastor Pete is saying. Tough. Build a bridge and get over it. <laughs> God's got a call, a mandate on this house. And these next 12 months are going to depend upon how much you press in. I don't know 
what this church is involved in or anything, but the Lord told me this morning, he told me, compassion will increase this house. I came out of, I, I spent the last 15 years of my life with our church in upstate New York as the person that worked in the inner cities, built an inner city grocery store that is thriving and now being duplicated throughout New York State. We watched people give their lives to the Lord. We watched people, we fed people that no one else would feed. And as we were doing that, God just kept increasing and increasing, you know, things connected to the church and more doors opened. There's an increased anointing that comes upon the church when we take care of the poor and the needy. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says, not only will you be blessed if you take care of the poor and needy, it says, I will rebuild the walls of your city if you take care of the poor and the needy. Wow. And there's new vision coming to this house like you've never seen before. I love the Apostle Paul. He always had forward movement. Reverse did not exist in his vocabulary. Folks, there's no falling back. Someone said this, the future belongs to those who see possibilities before they become obvious. Wow. God's rewriting the script of this house right now. I encourage you, let your faith build Don't rely on your past for your future. Can I have the keyboard player come up here, please? I want you to know that God is alive and well, and he is moving today. And he needs instruments to work through. That's us. And as the power of God is poured out amongst all the flesh of this world, we need to be ready to take advantage because the harvest is here. God has made you harvesters. Wow. And what he's doing in this house, you know, Psalm 133, or Psalm 33, ah, yeah, Psalm 133, I believe. Time change gets me. Where there is unity, there's a commanded blessing. Man, I can't encourage you, be unified. I see spiritual people coming to this church to be equipped and to become who they couldn't be without a living, impactful church like this to pour into them. This church is a devil-defeating, God-believing church. When I walked in this morning, the Lord said, can you feel it, Charlie? Yes, I can, Lord. This is a healthy church. 
This is not a sick church. This is not a divided church. This is not a church that's off on some, some tangent or off on some crazy misinterpretation of the word of God. This is a Bible-believing. This is a devil-defeating. This is a tongue-speaking. This is a, a church that says we are called, and because we are called, nothing will stand in the way. You stand on the scripture that says, if God be for us, who can be against us. You stand on the scripture that says, nothing is impossible to my, through my God who strengthens me. I said to the leaders yesterday, above your wall, all the way around, or at least back there, there's a, a divider between the block or there's this um, shadow box type thing that comes out. And I saw pictures of all the people in the church in these gorgeous gold and silver frames. And I said, what is that, Lord? And he goes, those are all the people of City Harvest Church that I'm making champions. I'm making them masterpieces. And they may not all be finished, but they're close. And because you're not totally finished doesn't mean that you sit and you wait till you get finished. You put your hand to the plow. He'll finish the work. This church has a destiny. This church has a future. And God has made it just for you. It's time. I'm going to say it again probably for the fifth time. It's time for you to reach the lost and to call in the harvest. God's given you hands of blessings. And stop looking at numbers. Oh, man, I hate that. You know, we, we sit around a table, all these pastors, of course, we never, we, we were always a number two executive pastor, but sit around the table, all these pastors, how many of you got in your church? How many of you got in your church? You know what? Don't worry about the numbers. Worry about the people that are being touched, saved, healed set free from bondages, being set free from alcoholism, being set free from passive spiritual abuse or physical abuse or, or uh, uh, they uh, went through horrible uh, life, uh, childhood because their parents had horrible divorces. God will send the people that he wants to send to the church. God will put the people you're going to reach right in front of you and they will be restored. Because God has called Civi Heritage Church is a house of restoration for broken families, for marriages, and even ministers, even ministers, even pastors, even, even um, missionaries that are just so broken down are going to come here and they're going to get healed because the people of God are going to surround them and pray for them and, and help them and strengthen them so that they can go back and do the work that God has called them to do. Or they might just say, we're going to stay here. We're going to put our hands to the plow because they're going to see what's going on here. Why? Because this is a house of prayer. And you're going to see so many salvations. People are going to come to this church and they're going to be afflicted and they're going to be hurting and they're going to be full of addictions and they're going to be homeless and they're going to be fresh out of the world. You're going to say they smell. Recycle them for Jesus. Come on. This church is a spiritual hospital for those that have needs of all types of healing, whether they be physical healings or mental healings, whatever it is, God is calling you to hate those things that stop you from saving souls. What's standing in your way? 
from saving souls? What's standing in your way for touching people? He's raising up mighty men and women in this church so that you will transform the lives of people from darkness into light. Wow. Wow. You guys have no idea what's happening. Someone told me, I think it was Giselle Benia, told me there was a prophetic word about the state of Washington, about something about a revival starting in the state of Washington, that it would start here and it would sweep across the whole nation. I haven't been able to find it, but you know what? I'm all for it. And, and, and it was kind of weird because Sharon and I said, we've never been to the state of Washington this many times in our life in a row than in 2022. Because we always say, Lord, if you're going to break out revival, I don't care where we are, stop us and put us on a plane or translate us, get us there somehow. Because we want to be part of that revival. Something's happening. Something new is happening here. And believe me, this, this man of God, your, your pastor, he doesn't tell me nothing. He's not filling me in. But I'm telling you, I saw a string of unity just starting to draw everybody closer and closer and closer. Because something's about to pop in this place. Sit around, sit around the table of the Lord together. Break bread together. Forgive one another. Forgiveness is the biggest thing stopping from churches attaining their destiny. Well, I don't know how to forgive. <laughs> you pray the Our Father? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. I actually had a pastor say to me, forgiveness is not mandated in the Bible. And proceeded to give me scriptures to back it up. I just looked at him and said, I'm sorry. But the Bible clearly says that if you can't forgive someone else, then how can the Father forgive you? I'll further back it up, buddy. He says, if you know you, someone has ought against you, leave your gift at the altar and go make it right with that person. Ooh, that's forgiveness on steroids. Forgiveness is the biggest thing that stands between families, church families. It's terrible. Wow. All I can say is this. God has got his hand upon you, me. He's got his hand upon this church. You just all, y'all just went through a transition. 
you're going to the next level. You're being upgraded. But man, the Lord said to me so clearly this morning, tell them to expect the supernatural. Wow. It's going to happen. And there is a youth army in this church that is going to become so radical that it's going to be unstoppable. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God. Something is breaking loose in this house for a generation. Oh, and don't get all upset if you're an adult and you say, well, look, they're, they're sitting in my seat. How dare them sit in my seat? Or, or, oh my God, you know, what are they doing up there on the platform? I always wanted to be up on the platform. What are you doing, Lord? You know what? You better cheer them on. Because they are hope, they are the hope for the future. Well, I don't like the way they dress. I don't, I don't, I, they wear a hat in church. Oh my God. Here come the lightning bolts. Don't let legalism and moralism stifle this generation. I remember when we first got saved. What year was it? What? 83. 83. And we were being knocked around because we put drums on the platform. Oh my God, drums don't belong in a church. You know what we're happy about? You don't box your poor drummers in. Those poor guys and gals, they get done with a worship service, they need a shower. The sweat's just dripping off of them. It ain't the Holy Spirit. I'm messing with you, but I'm telling you, get behind the vision. I said to your leaders yesterday, don't date the mission and the vision of the house. Marry it. And don't look for a divorce. Look for a long-term marriage with the mission and the vision. Glory to God. Hallelujah.